Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Welcome back to the podcast. Saul Marquez here. And today I have the privilege of hosting Scott Becker for the second time. I had him on the podcast about three years ago. We talked about leadership and a lot of the, the trends in healthcare. Lots has changed in the last three years. So I'm excited to have Scott back on in what's close to 500 episode. Uh, so we've had many conversations. If you don't remember, Scott is the partner at McGuire Woods LLP and also publisher at Becker's Healthcare. Scott, uh, previously served on the McGuire Woods Board of Partners and served for nearly 15 years as their chairman of the National Healthcare Department. He uh, really, the the firm has one of the best regarded healthcare practices in the world, and Scott has played a major role there. He's also the founder and publisher of Becker's Healthcare and Becker's Hospital Review and its related events and publications. He remains the publisher and chief content officer of Becker's Healthcare. He also produces the Becker's C-Suite Report and related media, which is all focused on business outside of healthcare, a graduate of Harvard Law School, and also uh, author of four books and a CPA. I don't know how he does it all, but he does it. He's one of the best thought leaders in healthcare, in my opinion, and uh, excited to join him in a conversation once again. So take a listen to this awesome interview. Uh, you're going to enjoy the thoughts that that he has to share and uh, the fun that we have during our conversation. And with that introduction, I want to give you a warm welcome, Scott. Thanks so much for joining me again. Well, thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure to visit with you. Thank you, sir. So, Scott, you're doing a lot of really cool things. And and before we get into the meat and bones of of today's interview, is I do want to park at uh, the work you've been doing with your podcast. Can you share a little bit more about it and why you guys started that? Well, sure. So the core that we do at Becker's Healthcare is two parts of it, our digital media efforts and our big conferences and events around three or four core core sectors in healthcare, hospitals, health systems, health IT, surgery centers, and spine. So to get to your question on podcasts, the podcasts are sort of a a fascinating to me add-on. They're more sort of a, as you know, a magnificent way to just visit with interesting people in a format you might not otherwise get to visit with them in. And so, yes, people listen to them, but the great pleasure for me is getting to talk to a whole range of leaders and people in all aspects of life. I mean, yesterday I had a podcast with a woman physician who's Muslim by background, speaking about being a Muslim doctor in America. Two weeks ago, I spoke with Gene Woods, the CEO of Atrium Health, also the former chair of the AHA, and one of the great growing systems of the country. And you just get a chance to visit with a magnificent group of different people. And I love the chance to visit with interesting people. I, I tend to enjoy people. So that's what I love most about the podcasting. And then people listen to them. It's more of a connectivity tool and a way to visit with people. And if people visit in the conversations, anything else. I think it's great. and. You're so right about that, right? I mean, the the ability to connect with others that are doing great things. A while back ago, folks, I had Scott on the podcast. He was uh, at the very beginning, actually. And for those that have been listening for quite some time, 
you know that uh, Scott was one of the key people that inspired me to to do my podcast. So awesome to see him doing his his podcast now. It is a great way to visit with others. And if you haven't listened to that first episode with Scott, it's episode number five. If you go to outcomesrocket.health, type in Scott Becker, you'll you'll see where we focused on being patient centric and building outstanding teams which is something that Scott does so well. And, and, and Scott, what, what's inspiring your work today? I would say really two things inspire what I see. One is with all the talk about healthcare, what you are seeing is tremendous advances in some care for certain diseases. So oncology sort of almost didn't make that much progress for a long time in certain kinds of oncology, and now is making crazy progress. So that inspires me. Just watching those things inspires me. I don't have anything to do with it, but they inspire me. And then the other thing that inspires me is just, you know, working with magnificent people and visiting with magnificent people and hearing their stories and seeing what they're doing. I'd say those are the two things that sort of excite me, the great advances in healthcare, now seeing all the negative talk, and two, just talking to great people. Scott, and I've been to to your meetings, and uh, there are a lot of I, I always connect with so many great people. That, to your point, you know the speakers uh, and the keynotes are always super entertaining. What would you say makes what Becker's offers different than what's out there? You know what we try and do is be clear, concise, fast moving, and try and be very clear about our goal to teach people and entertain. And the core of what we do is building everything we do around the core audience, the core participants in the sector. So if you're looking at our hospital meetings, it's really built around, the agenda's built around 300 great hospital leaders. It's not built around us, it's built around the core audience, the core leadership. And we're in four different areas, health IT, hospitals, health systems, surgery centers, and spine, but it's a similar recipe and everything. We're really built around the audience, not around us. And we try and teach and entertain in clear, concise, simple content. And we've got a great team that implements it. We've got a great editorial team, a great agenda team, great leadership and business development team, which you can't do anything without those. So it's, it's a whole mix of things that we try and do to make it work well. And it's a constantly changing environment, but we've got a great team and we try and stay very close to the audience that really counts, that really is the driver behind everything we do. Love it. Serving your audience is super important and and it's hard to do and easy to be distracted. Can you share what you do to stay hyper-focused on your audience? Well, it it is a great question. We have very, very clear goals and directives on how we try and build everything that we do and how it's built to be audience-centric versus vendor-centric. And they're two very different things. And we focus first on making sure our team and our audience is well taken care of. And if we do those things, then things seem to work out well. And it's just a constant clarity of focus on what really counts. And we've got, you know, we have a few constituents we have to take care of. We have to take care of audience first and foremost. Then we have to make sure our commercial interest, it makes sense for them. And obviously our speakers and our team are, are the other parts of that sort of stool. Love it. How about on the law side of things? You're uh, still a, a practicing partner at, at McGuire and Woods. Anything that you want to share to the listeners, you know, that, that are thinking about their, their uh, legal affairs and, and the things that they do there? Uh, well, any updates or things that you want to share there? 
Yeah, no, it's it's a great question. So I've straddled two things forever, and one of them really grew out of the other. All of my work has been in healthcare for 30 years now. It's, it started as a law career and then built this media business almost by accident, but grew into a serious company due to great leadership of our team there, our editorial team, our agenda team, our, our business team, Jessica Cole and everybody else. The um, On the law side, the biggest accomplishment I've had is pretty similar. I built a niche practice. But to do that and build a practice in healthcare and then in surgery centers, health systems, and private equity, I was able to early on start to build great teams. And mm-hmm. everything that one does in life today, it requires great teams. So the thing I'm most sort of proud of and most excited about at the law firm is the team I built and the number of people there that have become partner in the firm that were under my mentorship, a whole cadre of people that really were part of my team originally, and now have grown to be leaders in the firm, partners in the firm, and one of which is now the chair of our national healthcare practice, but just a great group of people from, you know, I I give shout-outs to all of them, you know, people like Melissa, Holly, Bart, Helen, Gretchen, Amber, and more and more, Anna and, and, and others that really came up under and with me, and Jeff Cockrell built this magnificent practice, that came along with me and now have largely built greater practices than me, but it was just a magnificent experience. Hmm. That's great. Yeah. You know, it's, um, you're such a, a great leader, Scott. And, and I feel like great leaders have always had great examples to learn from. Is there anybody that you feel has been a great mentor to you? There's, there's been different people. There's, there's in the law practice, there was a senior partner of mine who had built a niche practice and we were able to take a similar example and then institutionalize it at a much greater level. And then of course, there's people now that were originally mentees to me that have been the same thing on steroids. So there was a senior partner that I sort of mimicked my practice after. And then in the media world, and, and sort of in life, there were a couple people that were just great examples. I mean, Jessica, my partner in the media business, her and I looked at various different media businesses when we sort of got serious about building Becker's Healthcare beyond sort of a cottage thing in a niche industry into a real business. And we looked at different examples. But along the way, we had great tutelage from somebody who has now passed away, Chuck Lauer, who was originally the publisher of Modern Healthcare and the chief there for a long time. It was just an unusually supportive and really good person who was sort of a mentor, not just in how to build a publishing business, and he was helpful there and connectivity there, but more so in how to live a life. And, and mm-hmm. Chuck was a magnificent mentor to us. What a great call out to Chuck and, and to Jessica and, and the work that you guys have done there. You're influencing a lot of people. You're providing timely information. I love getting my my Becker's updates, breaking news and in, in, in healthcare, it always kind of triggers, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Let me let me dig deeper. So kudos to you for for keeping it relevant. What what would you say is one of the biggest setbacks you've had, Scott? And what did you learn from it? Sure. So I've had several, of course, like most of us had. Early on in high school, we were in a situation where my um my father worked for a large company. Mm-hmm. That company went bankrupt. And so the Grace, I learned from my father and mother under pressure in sort of a difficult situation for us and the family was just fascinating. I mean, they did everything we could 
other than telling me you can go to one school, Scott, for undergraduate, which is the state school, other than that sort of like being my only option for undergraduate, which was a magnificent option, mm-hmm. they just handled the whole thing with tremendous grace under pressure. So that was a learning thing. They did everything they could to protect us from that. And it was a very scary situation for my parents. Later on in my career, had multiple different setbacks. I mean, many of us that go right from college to law school and on don't, um, and then then a shout out to my parents as well for helping me with law school. I got into Harvard Law School. I was offered a scholarship, a full scholarship to University of Chicago, another magnificent law school. My parents, who were not wealthy people, were like, no, we'll help you go to Harvard, and it'll be a great experience, even though we have to pay for it, versus mm-hmm. going someplace for free. So Amazing. they were magnificent. Other setbacks we had were, you know, somewhere into my legal career, I built this great practice, one of the best practices at, at our predecessor firm. And it was a fascinating thing. I'd, I'd grown to have this great practice, and in law firms, having great practice is a big deal. And the firm recruited these other people, these other lawyers from another firm that were tall, sort of good-looking, patrician people. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of like, it was fascinating to me because even though I built this great practice and done the things you had to do to be successful in a large law firm, they sort of looked at these people and said, these are the future leaders of the firm, just because they sort of looked the part versus having built anywhere near the practice that me and my colleagues had built. And it was sort of a fascinating life experience of like, wow. And it, you know, it's obviously just a very small window into how many other people see perceptions and stereotypes and how they're disadvantaged. And obviously I've done fine and great and fortunate, but it was a fascinating life lesson. And you learn sort of, you got to plug along and figure it out regardless. We've had a number of those types of experiences in life. And in some ways, those experiences, my father losing his job and handling with grace, provided me tremendous motivation in life at a lot of levels. And watching this situation at the firm, where this is a predecessor firm, saying these are the future leaders of the firm that were just sort of better looking, taller, more handsome, more everything. And I was like, that's ridiculous. That was just a fascinating mm. perspective for me. And it's a, yeah. on a small level, the perspective that many people of different ethnic groups and racial groups and everything else feel every day. But it's a fascinating window into that world. It was just shocking to me. Like one of my mentors said to me, look, these are the future of the firm. I was like, are you kidding me? You know, I've been busting my butt and making it go. And these are the future leaders of the firm who have built nothing like the practice we had built. It was a fascinating setback. But then again, those things are motivating. Yeah. You took it and you turned it into motivation, fuel. Yes. There's a great comment that when we first got serious about publishing, there's a great concept, concept in life that you don't know you're making progress till somebody punches you in the nose. And early <laughs> on, when, when Jess and I started to build the publishing firm, <laughs> at some point, one of our competitors used to start taking shots at us. Yeah. And we used to think like, oh my God, that's horrible. And then we realized the fact they're taking shots at us and shots at me personally and shots at our team and shots at everything like that was really a statement that, oh my God, we've kind of started to make progress. That people are, that we rank enough to take shots at us. Like I went to University of Illinois. We always thought of University of Michigan as one of our rivals, but University of Michigan thought themselves so much above us to not bother taking shots at us. You follow me? Yeah. Here, when we built the media coming to a certain spot, competitors started to talk negatively about us and attack us. And I sort of viewed that sort of as very motivating and very interesting. And at first it was negative. Then it was like, oh, my God, we count enough that somebody's taking shots at us. And that was kind of a fascinating growth and change in perspective. Love it. That's fantastic, Scott. And it's that feeling, right? At first you're like, what, what in the world is going on? But then you realize, wow, you know, we're, we're actually making a splash here. Exactly. I love it. 
And so today, Scott, what are you most excited about? You know, it's it's a whole mix of things. It's it's a great question. I mean, I'm I'm thrilled at how well our teams have grown. I'm we Jessica and I work a lot on how do we continue to grow leadership in what we do and keep totally connected and keep very strong with Becker's Healthcare and keep it moving in the right direction. We've got a magnificent teams that really push a lot of that forward. We've got some new growth initiatives we're excited about personally one kid in college, another one moving towards college and just thrilled to see their growth and development as people, both children watching them is, is magnificent to me to see their growth and development. And then, you know, then further just continuing to sort of connect with people and, and figure out additional growth lanes in life. Love it, Scott. And you are probably one of the best connectors I know. If you could have lunch with anybody, who would it be? You know, it's so funny, Saul, that you asked that question. So I thought about that a lot. We, we have a tradition in our family that every Sunday night we have dinner with our family. Uh-huh. And I think that, like, you know, I've had the fortune of meeting lots of interesting people at every station in life. I had a chance yesterday to talk to this woman, a minority, who's built this great foundation, Minority Speak Up. She's a woman who's a high school sophomore, and that was a pleasure. I had a chance two weeks ago to interview Nikki Haley in front of a thousand people, and that was a pleasure. I've had the same chance to do that with different athletes, different politicians, whether Republican or Democrat, all terrific. The thing that I enjoy most is we have dinner every Sunday with our family. It is literally the cornerstone of the week for us, and so there's no one I want to meet other than continue to do that. That's sort of my favorite part of the week. Man, that is so awesome. And a shout out to the Becker family. Dad loves you guys. And I think it's uh, what a beautiful response to that. Scott, what would you say your number one health habit is? So I mean, uh, so there's two good health habits and there's lots of bad ones. The two good ones are <laughs> I reduced a few years ago my sugar intake tremendously and seemed to help my appetite and keep me in better shape and a little nice. bit healthier over the last several years than I've been. So that was great. And two is we've always been, you know, someone who does some kind of exercise, some kind of movement every single day. It's, I mean, almost every single day, something. And so those are the two good health habits. The bad health habits are I like to have a drink in the evening when we go out, probably <laughs> eat out too much, which is not great for my eating habits and stuff like that. So it's a constant battle to, uh, you know, and as you get older, the effort you have to put in to stay relatively healthy and to stay in the game of business, the game of life is you'll see this all in another 15 years, but it, it becomes harder and harder. The work you have to put in to stay healthy. The two good things I do is I've cut the sugar down tremendously and I love sugar and I love candy and stuff like that. <laughs> and I cut down the, um, and I, I do make sure I move every day. Love it. Love it. And when you do your movement, are you going to the gym or are you doing other things like walking around the block or so it's, it's a mix of things. During the winter, during the summer, play a ton of tennis. During the winter, a ton of platform tennis, paddle tennis, what have you. I grew up playing racket sports and playing tennis in high school and whatever. And, and, and you know, like I'm fine, good enough, but play a ton of that. And then I do a ton of whether it's yoga or going to fitness classes or other types of things. There's, there's a class up here we go to. I'm the slowest guy on the treadmill. It's so freaking embarrassing, but it is what it is. <laughs> we go to a class called Tread 415. And it's, it's four 15 minute segments. And I generally stay for about 45 minutes of it. And my friends tease me endlessly about how slow I go and how I always leave early, but it, it works for me. I do 30, 45 minutes, you know, all the time and love it. But you show up and that's what matters. That's at least some movement. And I feel mentally <laughs> and physically a ton better. And I'm a ton easier to live with if I've done something. 
Love it, Scott. What would you say is the best advice you've ever received? So I, I always hearken back, it's a great question, to two pieces of advice I've given at different parts of my early on in my career. So when I grew up in law, it was 25, 30 years ago, and people used to yell at people mm-hmm. and to get things done. And this is a long time ago, a different culture, different life. And one of my partners or colleagues at the time, Marcella Corpus, after I was yelling at some associate for screwing something up or my perception screwed something else, he probably didn't, told me, look, when you yell at that person, you don't just yell at that person, you screw up the culture for all of us. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was great advice from him. And to my credit, I was able to change on a dime and get yelling out of my vocabulary. And now when I yell for every yell, it's very, very often. And it might be at my son when he does something crazy, even though he's very gifted, but I hardly <laughs> ever yell anymore. And I did a long time ago. And that was a great piece of advice. The other great piece of advice I got was from a lawyer named Jerry Peters, who basically said to me, he had built this magnificent practice at a firm called Latham and Watkins, not Latham. And he had said to me, you can't do anything serious without building great teams. So it's not about you. It's about building great teams. Then you could do both. And the law ultimately is a simple business. It's great clients on one hand, great lawyers, and great teams on the other hand. And and those two pieces of advice were the two best pieces of business advice I ever got. It was sort of building teams and getting yelling out of your vocabulary or out of your business repertoire. Love it, Scott. Yeah, you know, and last time we were together... You definitely shared, you went deeper into that story and, and the yelling and the turnaround. Folks, again, listen, if you, you've enjoyed this episode, go back and check episode number five with Scott. He uh, shares a lot more and it's always great to connect with you. You know, I don't ask about favorite books anymore, but I always love to ask you this because I'm always curious about what you're reading. Last time you recommended Zero to One by Peter Thiel. What book would you recommend to us today? It's so funny you say that. So I've just gone through a series of my favorite mystery fiction authors. And so they're not, this is not very sophisticated choices, but there's a Lee Child book I just read, a John Sanford book I just read. I keep on trying to go back to a couple bios. There's a bio of Stephen Schwartzman, who's the founder of Blackstone. And I keep finding myself you know, rotating back to, I just finished these two, two fiction books that I just love. Uh-huh. And then, then I've just, um, you know, I've been binge watching succession and the end of the blanking world uh-huh. on Netflix and one of one of the Netflix, I think, and I've enjoyed both of them tremendously. So I don't have any good, serious, thoughtful, deep reading choices for people today, but I do have two things I've been watching uh-huh. and two fiction books I just read. <laughs> I love it. So succession and end of the blinking world. End of the effing world, it's called. Oh. End of the blinking world. It's it's a two it's two series, two seasons. I love it's it. It's on Netflix and it goes through the life of these two high school kids who get off chart but then get back on chart and it's fascinating and interesting and funny and everything and, and unusual and just fascinating TV. Listen, I think it's great. And it doesn't always have to be a book, right? You got to be able to unplug and and culture is beyond book. You know, it's, it's, it's music, it's drama. And so appreciate you, you giving us those recommendations, Scott, leave us with the closing thought beyond the, the conferences, the media you put out and your, your podcast where we, we could all, you know, get more of what you put out there. What closing thought would you leave us with today? 
Sure. So, you know, so we look at really a couple different things, and they're relatively simple. For whatever you're doing, you have to have some sort of plan. You've got to stay closely engaged to whatever you're doing. You can't. It's very hard to dip in and out and be serious and be effective and and be tied with your team and everything else. And of course, I do a lot of these things not as well as I did them at one time. You have to make adjustments. You have to build teams, and you have to be positive. It's like it just goes back to the story of yelling at people. In today's world, where there's a shortage of being able to find highly talented, great people, the worst thing you could do is not build great cultures. And I, I view it as a real kudos to my colleague, Jessica, who's built this crazily great culture internally at Becker's Healthcare. And it, it's really, she's been now president CEO 15 years, with me 15 years, has done this incredible job of building a great culture, an achievement-oriented, a focused culture, a result-oriented culture, but a culture people want to work at. And it sort of... um so have a plan, build teams, stay engaged, and you got to be positive. No one wants to be around negativity. Love it, Scott. As always, it's a pleasure to connect with you. Uh, we always learn from you when you jump on the podcast. And if the listeners wanted to connect with you or check out more of your stuff, what's the best place for them to go? It's certainly. Probably no easier place than LinkedIn under Scott Becker, but anybody could always email me to sbecker at beckershealthcare.com or sbecker at mcguirewoods.com, or you can always text me at 312-399-0774. Saul, it is always a pleasure to visit with you. You're the best. Thank you. <laughs> a privilege to have you on, Scott. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more. 